0: Welcome back to another episode of The View from the Rock Podcast. This is your host, Ruck Daddy. Stay with us on the pod. We've got Papa Swappa. We have Morgie. And our first guest appearance with Sign Dog. Uh, On the show today, we're going to get into a little state recap for hoops. We got an introduction of... Sign Dog, a.k.a. Brad Moore. Get get to know him a little bit more. we got a spring sports preview. Uh, We're going to talk about some 80s hair bands and, of course, uh, beer of the week. And uh, last but not least, we have our top three concerts of all time. Papa Swappa, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great. Had a great
1: weekend. Uh, Today was beautiful outside up here in uh, the northwest corner of the contiguous United States. How was it for you, Mr. Morgenthaler? Woke up
2: this morning and saw blue skies. Every day is a great day up in the Cortez.
1: We have not seen a lot of blue skies this week. We, as we'll talk about later, spring sports are starting. And yesterday, we had probably the coldest baseball scrimmage I've ever had. It was 37 degrees. It would have been better if it was snowing. It was 37. It was rainy. It was windy. There may even have been thunder.
2: I was on my way down to the lacrosse game and thought of you. While you're out there. Thank just, you.
1: Thank you for thinking of me.
2: It was, it, it seemed awful. It looked awful.
1: It was awful, but we got some stuff done. Fortunately, we have turf.
2: Yes. And speaking of that, going down to the lacrosse game, uh, the 7-8 team was playing Glacier Peak and beat them in the Jamboree last weekend. And we came up short, 9-7, but talking to a couple of the kids today, Rowan's upset a little bit, but Emmett Johnston, it's he said it's going to be revenge all year when we see them in the uh, final. And so this we'll, was
1: this was Glacier Peak.
2: Glacier Peak in Snohomish, a um, middle school in Snohomish. Yeah, and the greatest middle school I've ever seen. They have turf, they have a track, it's a full-on football field at the middle school.
1: And wow. Glacier
0: Peak is like a four A school though, right?
2: 3A, 4A, yes.
0: 4A? And they only have one middle school that feeds into them?
2: No. We were in Snohomish, so I don't know. There's two or three in that area. I don't know Glacier Peak boundaries, but we were playing in Snohomish.
0: You know, I think it's a good time to recognize the wonderful facilities that we have, despite being the probably tiniest 2A, I believe. Um, Like people don't have the number of baseball fields that we have. For I example. want to
1: go on the record as saying I think we have the best high school baseball field in the state of Washington. Complex and field. Tremendous facilities.
2: Indoor batting cage,
1: indoor locker room. There aren't many outdoor locker rooms kicking around out there, but we do have one indoors.
2: <laughs> and with the we have two fields too. We have a grass field.
1: We do and then right adjacent to the baseball fields a beautiful softball field as well.
2: Are we hosting uh, districts this year?
1: Every year. And and I think it's one of the best uh, best bargains I think out there for high school sports fans is to see at the end of April, beginning of May, the 2A District Baseball Tournament right here in Anacortes, Washington. It's going to be amazing.
2: Oh. And that's in May?
1: It's in May. There is one spot where you can watch for free. Are you familiar with that spot, Mr. Morgenthaler?
2: So that's called uh, Morgie Hill, and that's if we play on the grass field only. Yes. So it's basically a two-minute walk from my house, and there's a nice little bench set up.
0: A grassy berm. Mm, I was hoping we get the word berm in there. That's we nice. did.
2: And it's literally right behind center field, and you get to see every pitch. I could call balls and strikes from there. If the sun is
1: shining just right, the hitters are blinded with the glare (laughs) off your bald head.
2: I do that on purpose, and I wear a hat when we are up to bat, even though I hate hats. And that's a different...
0: I don't know if I've ever seen you in a hat.
2: I wore hats in college.
0: I've seen you in a beanie.
2: I, I love a good beanie, but I do not like a
0: hat. So when you were wearing hats in college, was that because you were trying to hide the, um, you know, inevitable that you were fighting?
2: No, I was not at that stage yet. It was just... So you, you could know, have the...
0: been rocking a full head of hair uh, knowing that one day you'd go bald and you were hiding that under a bushel. Correct.
1: Mr. Morgenthaler, last week when we talked, you were nursing a back injury that mm. uh, I think we were trying to decide whether that had happened from sleeping wrong or possibly a sneeze.
2: Uh Both. I, I mean, I sneezed and I slept wrong. It's getting better, but it's still just it's still just lingering a little so i I don't know how to put it, but I'm not a hundred percent. I would say I'm eighty eight percent
0: You need to find yourself someone to give you a massage i'm not or, gonna I'm not going to give you anyone that should recommend that to you working on it.
2: <laughs> so hey, real quick. Before we do our uh, state recap for hoops, which is going to be focused mainly on the 1A, 2A, I spent the day Friday night at the 3A, 4A championships, and it was amazing.
1: Where was that at?
2: Tacoma Dome.
1: So I haven't been at the Tacoma Dome. I think the last time I was there, and I don't want to sidetrack things here, but I think the last time I was at the Tacoma Dome was to see Guns N' Roses with Skid Row.
2: What year would that
1: be? Maybe 91, 92. I don't think I've been to the Tacoma Dome since then.
2: You were supposed to be at the Tacoma Dome in 1990, but our high school team failed to make it.
1: We had uh, a lot of things not go our way. How? What condition is the Tacoma Dome in?
2: Um, I think it's awful. It looks just like it was in 1992. When 1993, we went down there and played... I walked in there. I went down with Ryan Keyes, met up with Troy Holmes, Chris Taz, and then the legendary Mount Vernon coach, Mac Frazier. Those are
1: some Mount Vernon legends. Ryan Keyes could hit a baseball, and I, I really respect guys that can hit a baseball. Good hitter.
2: And he also has the 3A record still for uh, tournament career threes with 36. So we looked in the program, and next week – I want to have him sign it for me. And also, I forget, his son, his son Royce came with us.
1: Any idea how many state championships Ryan has as a Malvern Bulldog?
2: I think he has, he has two basketball. So they went 2 1, one five in four years and went 109 for their record.
1: That's a good run.
2: And I think they have, well, they have the 1990 state title game for baseball.
1: Yep. We were third that year. They beat Sila.
2: I don't know if they have any more after that.
1: They won in ninety-two.
2: So they have four. So anyway, it was a great day. Uh good, good, very good basketball. There's a kid from Curtis, they ended up winning the four A title two years in a row. Uh his name is Zoom. Z-O-O-M? Diallo. O O M. Correct.
1: Like the Zoom, like that, you meet people online.
2: Correct. And he was amazing. It was good to see like a five-star prospect.
1: You know, I think the best name I heard in any state tournament was uh, a member of the Davenport Gorillas by the name of Tennessee Rainwater.
2: And he's their best player, correct?
1: Yeah, apparently he's phenomenal. I watched a little bit of the 2B tournament. One of my old friends from college, Todd Shoemaker, is the coach of the Columbia Burbank coyotes. Are they coyotes or coyotes?
2: Uh, I think they can be both. Is that plural? I
1: do
0: the know. you
2: You guys are the English teachers.
0: I would imagine, you know, off the top of my head that a coyote is singular. Coyotes is plural. more than one. Seems like that.
1: So if you're a team, you're probably coyotes. Correct. But if you are A lone wolf or playing a pack of one. Singles in badminton. You're probably a coyote.
0: Yeah. I don't know if you've encountered that situation, but... Hmm. (laughs)
1: That's (laughs) that's funny. Makes one wonder. Yeah.
2: Real quick, I got to give a shout out to to Homa Girls. They're 4A and good buddy from college, Steve Meyer. His daughter, Grayson Meyer, is on the team. They lost to a good Camas team in the semis and then ended up beating Kamiakin for the third-place trophy.
1: So this time last week, we were talking about the 2A state tournament preview. 1As and 2As go to the Sun Dome in Yakima. And we were pretty confident that Anacortes had, had, uh, was going to bounce back from their lost to Prosser with the win over Enumclaw and then follow that up with a win over Pullman. Uh, how did that work out for us?
2: Not well. I don't, I'm, I'm still upset. I don't have much to say. I don't really want to talk about that. I think it's, it was a bad
1: loss. It was a bad loss. It was. And I think the only thing that helped with my grieving was the next game
0: Seaholm lost. Oh. <laughs> why? Why would see home losing help you feel better? <laughs> because they,
2: they 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 <laughs> left, and all the parents went home in their beamers and had nice sweaters on because it mm. was cold out. And then they drove home and
1: probably sleeveless
0: sweaters.
2: Wow, wrapped what? around their necks.
0: So see home lost. Mm. I, okay, so you said a sleeveless sweater. Uh, is that is that a sweater vest at that point? Probably one in the same. Mm. <laughs> Maybe the sleeveless sweater originally started its life as a sweater, but then at some point made its way into the, the confines of Cedar Woolley, at what point it immediately lost its sleeves because that would not be hardcore enough to live in Cedar Woolley. Have you ever worn a sleeveless sweater? I've worn a sweater vest. So then they're not flattering. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nothing about See home is flattering.
0: Are you saying they are the sweater vest of the Northwest Conference? So speaking of the Northwest Conference, we
1: went into this thinking that the Northwest Conference was the best conference. And it it is. It's the best conference in the state. We took a hit uh, last weekend in regionals, and then we took a hit this week at state with Sehome and Anacortes getting bounced on Wednesday. But by the end of the day, how did the Northwest Conference fare across the board, Mr. Morgenthaler?
2: Well, we had Linden and blaine did very well on the boys end lyndon ended up winning the title we'll go through that in just a sec but uh the girls nooksack valley lyndon christian one two burlington second
1: place for the second year in a row
2: and we have uh, a shout out to nate sullivan sully who lost a tough one in the semis but ended up bouncing back and taking third in the 1A.
1: Highest finish for Blaine since 2000 when they had a point guard by the name of?
2: Luke Ridnour. great coach, Rob, his dad. And he ended up going to the Oregon Ducks, which I disliked. <laughs> but he ended up having a great career, like 15, 16 years in the NBA. And I think I can call him a friend. He's in my phone.
0: Wait, Luke Ridenour is in your phone? Yeah,
2: so he plays for... Uh, we have a, a kid in Anacortis. His name's Jake or Case and Cummins, and he plays for Luke's team in seventh grade.
1: We should maybe at some point oh. have top three famous people in our phone. I don't know that I have much to
0: contribute, but I think, we can do that.
2: I think possibly we could maybe, if we can figure out how to get someone on the phone and record it, have Luke be a guest.
0: I feel like that was a shot towards your producer right there.
2: No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, Mr. Swap, what did you think about yesterday's, just the games in general for Saturday for the 1A2A?
1: Uh, the girls' championship, Nooksack, Linden Christian, was a great game. And Nooksack is, Nooksack girls are really good. Linden Christian beat Kings. I think it's the third year in a row they played for the title. Linden um, Linden football and basketball have both they've won back-to-back championships the last two years and I've got nothing but respect for Linden. They, you know, there's, there's maybe a little jealousy if I was to be honest. They they win, but nothing but respect for Linden.
2: I agree. The I like the I like that analogy. I, I re, I'm a little jealous, but I respect them. Like they just do it the right way and they're always going to be there.
1: See home I don't like.
2: And I was, uh, yeah, I, uh,
0: <laughs> I love it.
2: But you look at that game and Linden, and they just, they're always there.
1: They're always there. And they were, they were I think, uh, this year the third or fourth best team in our conference. Um, and then I said to a couple of people before, they, before the tournament, I thought they, they're going to end up winning this thing. And they, they did. You know the draw? The bracket worked out well for them, but you know, it, you just got to respect them.
2: I got a text this morning from our buddy Neil Clokey, and he's like, "Are you gonna just complain that Lennon got the best draw?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I am." One time, they had the, they had the best draw. They played Renton. Anybody see home us and them beat Renton?
1: Oh, for sure, for sure.
2: But overall, you know, it was a great it was a great tournament to watch in general. Just the entire 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A. It was fun.
1: And don't forget the 2Bs and 1Bs. I stayed up Wednesday night and watched Orcas Island play.
2: And they were, I mean, they went on a little magical tour.
1: I think they placed.
2: What happened with Linda, uh, Mount Vernon Christian?
1: I uh, believe the girls got three. Okay. And the boys didn't place.
2: It's, I mean, that play, Spokane Arena is electric.
1: Never been to that because I'm always coaching baseball during that tournament, but I'd love to go to that at some point. But it
2: was really fun to just go back down to the Dome. The first time I went was 85, 86. I don't know, Ruck, uh, when Quinn Snyder graduated from uh, Mercer Island.
1: Remember they had Quinn Snyder and uh, Brian Schwaby, who I believe ended up playing at Northwestern. You might want to fact check that, Mr. Ruck. But Quinn Snyder, tremendous
2: and then was going to Duke.
1: Yes. Point guard for Duke and Coach K. And now he's...
2: And Coach K was like early on.
1: Early Coach K.
2: And Ed Peppel. I hate Mercer Island too. They're like the south of Seahome.
1: Mercer Island has a lot of seahome like qualities. They do. They really do.
2: Entitled. A little wealthy. You think Mercer Island is that wealthy?
1: <laughs> well... <laughs> That's a joke.
0: Very seahome like well, you know, I have to reveal that I had no idea Quinn Snyder came from the great state of Washington. Um, he, says, played college 85 to 89. So I'm assuming that means he graduated, graduated in 85. 85. Yeah. yeah. I like that you asked me that because um, I wouldn't have been alive at the time. So that was just from Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, it's a, that's... Was he just named the coach of the Atlanta Hawks?
2: Yes. He uh, replaced... Yes.
1: Mr. Sonic. Yeah,
2: Nate McMillan.
1: Dang it. Wow.
2: He's, oh, that's another, that's a different thing. We can talk about the Sonics.
0: Um, not on this, this podcast episode. Um, are we uh, are we looking to take a break here before we move on to uh, number two um, with our, our guest introduction? I think we should take a little break here and come back and introduce our special guest. can't wait. Sounds amazing. We'll see you then. all right welcome back from the break here at the view from the rock podcast we are excited to have our first guest of the show's history with us today uh this guest uh hails from ellensburg washington um he uh is famous for riding uh bmx bikes and he also makes some uh, really <laughs> cool, uh, he's giving me some funny looks here. Uh, he makes some really cool designs, and you've seen them all around town. Uh, Pat Swap, what more do you have to say about our guest today, Sign Dog, Brad Moore? Well, it is
1: our first friend of the podcast to be on the podcast. This is a, kind of a watershed moment here in the history of the View from the Rock podcast. But when we started this podcast, we built ourselves as three guys that like beers, bands, and balls. And I think there is probably nobody that we know that, love spears, bands and balls more than mr brad moore aka sign dog i think that when
2: we talk about bands he's like one of the greatest people that i've ever met in terms of how many shows he's seen
1: if you're ever some place that is doing a trivia night and you are lucky enough to have him on your team during the music round
2: you're gonna win i just i wasn't lucky enough that night to be there
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Brad Moore. Uh, hello. Uh,
3: thanks for having me. I feel like you guys have uh, uh, set the bar pretty high. and All I can do is disappoint <laughs> from here on out. But uh, I'm honored to be here. This is a lot of fun.
1: Um, it's, it's already a lot of fun, so here we go. So next we're going to talk about spring sports.
2: Just a preview of baseball since... Papa Swappa here, Mr. Swap is the baseball coach. And then track and field, just a little brief recap, and that is uh, Rock Daddy is also a coach.
1: So we, um, you know, as we said in the last segment, beautiful facilities here. We had a little scribbage yesterday, 37 degrees, sideways rain. There was snow. There were ice pellets. might even have been a little thunder. But we're looking forward to a great year. So for anybody out there following to Seahawk baseball. We're going to open up the year next weekend with a little jamboree at West Valley of Yakima, followed by a doubleheader on Saturday with the Ellensburg Bulldogs. So we're starting the year off with some high-level competition, try to prepare us for a tough season in the as-always-difficult Northwest Conference.
2: Didn't uh, they come over last year?
1: They did come over last year, and we beat them with a walk-off base hit. It was one of the exciting moments of the year for us, uh, starting off our state tournament campaign uh, with that big win last year, and we're going to return the favor this year by going over there for a doubleheader. Going to be cold, as always, windy in Ellensburg, but we're ready to compete.
2: I I don't mean to put you on the spot, but if you were to say who's going to be the first pitcher that's going to start that Ellensburg game
1: well first pitcher is probably going to be young Staley Moore who happens to be a close relative to our guest today here on the view from the rock podcast what do you think about that Brad
3: I I'm, I'm pretty excited I uh, I was not a baseball guy and then uh, third grade Staley Moore decided he wanted to be a pitcher and so I became I quickly became a baseball guy and have been uh, falling in love more and more every year with baseball, and, and last year was about as much fun as I've had uh, watching uh, and participating with the music. Uh, it was about as much fun as I could have as a parent. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. Obviously, going to Ellensburg is a is a big thing. Uh, I know the coaches, and uh, we get to see some old friends, and uh, pretty Staley gets to play against some, some kids he grew up with a little bit, and he played one year in Ellensburg before we moved over here so we've been here what, eight nine years now so um as i have lots of love for ellensburg but uh, we're gonna go over there with with uh with one goal
2: that's dominate that's what we do <laughs> that's, that's what intentions. we always do we that's wake we up and this excellence here in anacortes
3: i do have to give uh, a little shout out to the ellensburg girls two a champs 51 in a row it's hard not to uh give them a little love
0: because that's Pretty amazing. It would you, be. Didn't they like double up every team they played in state this year? They were dominant.
1: They were dominant. They came over and played volleyball this fall against our girls. Uh, Mrs. Swab happens to be the volleyball coach, so they they rolled in with uh, six six and six four.
2: Are those the same girls on the basketball team?
1: They are. And you don't see a lot of six 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 four in two A female athletics. And they, and they move well.
2: Oh, yeah. And they're, where are they going, by the way? Do you happen to know?
3: Uh, I know the 6'6 six, six girl, Olivia, is going to UW to play basketball, yeah. I think. Is it basketball or is it volleyball? I think it's basketball. Yeah, I think but it is, too.
2: I think, though, if you look at that team, I, I almost wanted to see, like, hey, how do you fare with they're the best 2A team, one of the best 2A teams ever. So you look at that and say, okay, how do they fare with like one of the best 3A teams or yeah. 4A teams? Like I was telling Brad earlier last week, like the team from Spokane five years, six years ago, they had the whole sisters, H U L L, 6 2 twins. They went like 105 and three and oh. won three state titles and both went to Stanford. And then they won a national title. It'd be interesting to have like a tournament of all the winners. Yeah. The following week play.
1: Well, I think you look at like Indiana, didn't they historically have all classifications or all schools playing the same state tournament? Just like Hoosiers. Yes, and that was kind of the the Impetus for the movie Hoosiers was there a some legendary team in 1954. I might have just made that number up, but it could be accurate. Mr. Ruck Daschle, do you want me to fact check you on that one? Well, maybe later.
2: 1954? I just you just made that up.
1: I m- might have, but it's I think it
2: was 1957.
3: <laughs> Don't get caught watching the paint dry, Ruck. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what about track, Ruck? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, something that's not well known is that track is actually the highest amount of participation in the United States as far as like youth athletics and all that kind of stuff goes. So, you know, it, that goes to the idea that right now we have like 105 kids, I think, out on the team, 113 signed up, you know, not everyone actually makes it out. Um, now is that for track and field or just track track and field? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because, uh, it's an important, important thing to make note of since I don't actually coach the track tracked sport. Uh, I Coach the field. I coach the throwers. Um, How many fielders do you have? Out well, there? yeah. Field is often maligned as not athletes, but I'd say uh, they're the greatest, some of the greatest athletes that we have on the team. Um, right now, you know, we've got between 10 and 15 throwers, but field actually includes the jumps, uh, pole vault, um, anything that's not being run on a track. Um,
1: Does that include the javelin?
0: Yep. Javelin? javelin is contested in the state of Washington. Not all states contest it. It's a dangerous one. Uh, we have the rubber safety tips on it, though, so a little safer that way. But you know, you go in the metro areas, I don't think a lot of Seattle schools actually do Is javelin. that just
2: for safety?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, if you have a kid that's throwing um, 100, 190 feet, it's hard to have a place that you can practice that very easily. Uh, a lot of those metro schools, I think, don't play at their own high school, say for football. So um, you, you got to have like a hundred hundred yard field close to it. To do they? Uh, how do they feel about lawn darts? <laughs> I don't know too much about lawn darts.
3: Was <laughs> that after your, or before your, or before your time as well, Rock? as lawn darts? Well,
0: you know, I remember that this was mentioned on our last episode, something about lawn darts. But <laughs> at this point, it's out of my brain. Is this related to Morris Buttermaker or whatever? No. Uh, no, No, lawn darts was a yard game growing up
1: where you would have a dart with a heavy metal tip and you would put a hoop out. And the object of lawn darts was to land your dart inside the hoop. But the heavy metal tip proved to be problematic. So lawn darts now... Are doesn't exist a relic. Londart fights were a good time.
2: You know, there were a lot of injuries oh, yeah. in Londarts,
3: <laughs> it's a, a cousin of
0: Roman candle fights, and yeah, wow,
2: with trash cans or <laughs> shooting BB guns at people.
0: So, so you know, bringing it back to track, our first meet this year is uh, at Mount Baker. They, um, I wouldn't describe their facility as <laughs> bleeding edge, uh, they often have to host their home meet with Ferndale and they co-host it because Mount Baker doesn't quite have enough people to go around Um, but you know they're they're nice cordial very welcoming up there Uh, so we'll get that first one out of the way a little little taste to start the season and then after that we have a couple invitationals you know that's the interesting thing about track is that we've got our our league meets during the week but then We have some Saturday meets, and uh, for your high-end athletes, those are the ones that they're normally looking forward to. Uh, Of course, I don't know if you guys know this, but um, uh, our track program is part of the Skagit County Track and Field Championships, and those are 115 years running, the longest-running, I believe, definitely track and field event in the state, but I don't know whether...
2: That would be, I think... Swap, I don't know. That's that's probably the longest and greatest event in Saskatchewan County history. So where
0: is that going to be held this year? Uh, I believe it's at Kirkby Field, which would be Burlington. Is
2: it always in Burlington?
0: It's not always in Burlington. You know, it's a bit of an issue um, as far as where it gets hosted because no one really wants to host it. It's, it's kind of a pain in the butt, honestly, to put on a track and field meet uh, for many reasons, one of which is when you're putting a meet on you're running it which means you aren't really coaching i don't know if you can imagine that uh as coaches yourselves you're going to run this thing and not actually coach your team out there It' can, not very good i was once a middle school athletic director
1: and when we would host no way our, i didn't know that uh, it's true and when we would host our track meet for the year it was the worst <laughs> two or three days of my life
2: was that mount baker middle school it was
1: Mel Vernon. Mm-hmm. Wow.
2: Hey, real quick, Rock, on the uh, track recap, who are a couple teams other than Anacortis that you think would compete for, like, the league title?
0: Well, uh, Seahome, uh, unfortunately. I have to say <sighs> the word Sehome. Because they
2: they were good in cross-country, too. Do you
0: think
1: Seahome might be... Remember, like, the East Germans used to do, like, blood doping and (laughs) stuff like that? Do you think Seahome is doing anything illicit?
0: Well, here's the deal. Seahome has a long history of being very successful in track and field and cross-country. So if you are coming up in the Bellingham School District, which includes three high schools, you can make that choice probably pretty early to say, I want my kids to go to Seahome. And so I would imagine there are some natural funneling that would occur. Um, But they're just, they're dominant in pretty much all of the aspects of track and field. Um, They have a sprinter who right now sprints nationally. He's committed to USC. Um, They have a long distance runner who's committed to uh, University of Northern Arizona, um, or Northern Arizona, I guess is what they would say. Uh, And they're one of the top cross country programs. They're, They're elite. Do you
3: know what kind of numbers they get for the track and field team?
0: I don't. um, I don't know off the top of my head. I imagine that our number we have this year is probably pretty similar to what their normal numbers are.
3: I know in, in tennis, competing against them, a good year for us is 40, and they get about 90 to 95 kids every year.
2: Hey, speaking of that, we forgot to mention fall 2022 League champs, Anacortis Seahawks, and Mr. Bradmore
1: was the head coach. Maybe, uh, maybe the greatest, well, undoubtedly the greatest tennis season maybe in Anacortes history. But, for sure. But I think this possibly, we'll see how the spring goes, this could be the greatest year in sports for Anacortes High School. It's been a special year, that's for sure.
2: Real quick, what you? Th- how was your tennis season?
3: Uh, it was phenomenal. Uh, it was. We had uh, fourteen seniors, and we had uh, some freshmen that that uh, were kids who play quite a bit, and then everywhere in between. Um, we just had a, we had a lot of kids that were all in, and uh, with tennis, that's not always the case. Um, but I, you know, I, I can't lie having having a bunch of seniors who've played for four years and who know how to compete. Uh, really helps in the process, and, and we had some we had some great ones. Just great kids in the program.
2: That was the first time in Anacortes history for a league title against Seahome. Is it the Bellingham schools always the ones that are always good? Yeah,
3: yeah. With it, having a tennis club, they're able to play indoor, round. and uh, they have, they have great programs up there. Seahome, actually, it's, it makes me chuckle. Seahome <laughs> has a great tennis program. They're always at the top. And then the rest of us kind of battle it out with them. See, and Bellingham are are phenomenal.
1: I invite anyone in our listening audience to come out to a tennis match in late September, October on a beautiful Indian summer. Can I say that? You know, we have a nice, we do in September (laughs) and October. You said it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want me to fact check whether that's okay? I I think you can say that. that. Hey,
2: by the way, it's one of the best places to watch. A tennis match, I think, which is what I was in the say. United
1: States. It's, it's unbelievable. The, it's the beautiful. You it's you watch beautiful. tennis and you're overlooking the water, mm. and in on the horizon is Mount Baker. It's the most beautiful venue, and
2: oh, and the base of the Cascades. Oh, I, it's a, it's
1: a, it's awesome. It's just one more reason to you know love Anacortis. That's right.
0: Hey, so before we move on to our next. Our next topic to talk about. Um, can we just recap as a reminder? Uh, what, wh- Where are we at with the teams as far as you said this is going to be one of the greatest seasons possibly that Anacortes has had? Football was top eight. What were they?
1: State quarterfinals. Okay. Um, tennis league champs. Yeah. Girls cross country.
0: Second in state.
2: Uh, girls swimming was
0: second in state. Boys swim and dive. Second in state.
2: Uh,
1: and basketball? Boys basketball. Made league champs, state. district league. champs, state participant. Correct. Bowling?
3: Do we know what bowling, happened with bowling? They had state participants. What about wrestling? Wrestling had oh, wrestling,
1: wrestling. wrestling! might have had the, the best team year in the history of Anacortes. I think we were actually ninth in state as a team, but we took 12 wrestlers to state.
2: And uh, one of our good friends the curves talon who started wrestling in seventh grade i believe yes he as a sophomore was it five or sixth but he placed last year and then rylan lang was third we had uh i don't know any of the others but one of the best of all time like right now our youth program is amazing for wrestling yes like there's it like we're gonna be good, even though we don't have a wrestling room, which so we, is a topic on another.
3: We went and day. watched this year, and I hadn't watched a lot of wrestling in a while, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was great energy, and that uh, was a good time. It was captivating. Yeah,
2: it's... I lo- see. I want I want to bring that back, like wrestling does, where you turn out the lights. I want the spotlight for basketball, like they do at state tournament. They do it at Mount Vernon. They've done it at others. We used to do it nineteen ninety, Mister Swap.
1: We did. We Came out of the locker room to the theme of 2001. Space and Odyssey. We did. It was a whiteout in in the gym, which I don't think you can have anymore. Um, but I remember coming out of the locker room, being nervous for ups. Uh, oh,
2: it was it was amazing. So I want to bring that back because they do it at wrestling.
3: What Ooh. would it take? What?
2: what? It won't take much. I, mean, I don't think so. I want to come out like we used to come out. for the Chicago Bulls.
3: What mm. about the Sonics anthem? That's that's one of the best ever.
0: There's a Sonics anthem. Yeah, well, the first was announcing starters. I didn't know that. There is. I've never been to a Sonics game. Oh, oh my, my. god! Oh, well, he what They were what taken. Year? They were taken from me during my childhood. What year were you born? 1988. When did they leave?
1: 96. Mm. Mm. No, mm. no, 96 it was, was, it was the like, was when they played Durant the
2: played one year here.
1: Okay, 2000, I'm guess 2004. That's what I say. I'm gonna say 2007. Oh, 96 was Peyton Camp. <laughs>
3: it's <laughs> where we were, we were oh. about to dominate the Bulls until Gary Payton talked a little smack and then it was over.
0: That's right. Years active 1967 to 2008, one championship. But you know what? Yeah, let's rip them away from one of the greatest cities in the nation. So that's fine. Now they can toil away in Oklahoma City where Oklahoma City Thunder have the lowest fan participation rates in the NBA this season. Good choice.
2: Ugh.
1: I still blame Howard
2: Clay Chase. Bennett and Howard Schultz.
1: Maybe even throw Wally Walker in there. Just because. He was
2: a terrible player. Wally Walker? He yeah. has a ring. I know. <laughs> but he probably averaged five points a game and four point nine rebounds.
0: How many did you average in the, when you were in the NBA, Jason? Ooh, in fired. my mind, <laughs> shot fired twelve
2: points. <laughs> wow.
3: I still want to know what we did to David Stern. What What did we do? Because something happened, and it's still carrying over to Adam Silver.
1: It is. And David Stern, there was remember the press
0: conference where he like threw shade at us. There's a lot of malice from him, and I don't understand why. I can't really talk too much bad about him since he's no longer with us, but... Rest in peace, David Stern.
2: I think we're going to have a team back in three years. With Climate Pledge coming, and we have the Kraken. It's, great facility. I have not been there yet. We will great, talk about it. It's a great concert venue. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, we'll so talk good. about it here soon. The oh, venues. my gosh. Uh,
0: well, I mean, even during the Kraken game, there's a concert going on. Like... Up top, they have a little spot where during the game there's a live band playing. It's amazing.
3: The band uh, right now is Nightwave and they, um, they played at our wedding reception. I've seen, oh, no I've way. seen Nightwave. Yeah. And they're See, coming to Anacordus. The they're podcast.
1: coming to Anacordus next September 30th. And Mr. Moore, I believe that I saw you do a guest appearance as lead singer for Nightwave. There was a little bit of
3: singing there. Um, did you I, do a clash song? I did. I'm not sure if it was appropriate for a wedding reception, but should I stay or should I go? Did, did, did. <laughs> oh, that's
1: <laughs> <awful>. <laughs> it was
3: it was really because I, I knew it better. Um, being uh, put on the spot, I knew it better than most
1: songs. That was the uh, you weren't making any kind of a statement, not a bit. Okay, oh, it was I'd, a great wedding reception. I'm not sure that the future then future Mrs. Moore was pleased with your choice of song. That was one of the biggest
2: disappointments I've ever had because I couldn't go.
1: It was a it my was a sister's m- magical
2: wedding night, but same day. And she was a little late on her, uh, planning just, it was tough because of COVID they had to reschedule the wedding and she's like, Hey, I, we have a wedding and, uh, we're going to do it on September 30th. I'm like,
1: okay, we'll in, be there. Hood river,
2: hood river, Oregon. Amazing. But I heard, a, a a, g- bikes, I, hear. I heard you guys had a mountain bikes. I heard you had a great time at your wedding. We
3: did. We'll have a good time in September. Yeah. Um,
1: All right. But hey, shout out to Nightwave.
0: Yeah. We have a few topics still to left to get to, so I think we're going to take our break right here before we dive into '80s hair bands, uh, which I'm personally looking forward to because I wasn't really alive during it. But uh, you I were '88. Well. To really experience it. The <laughs> two years that I was alive, wasn't very cognizant of all the wonderful uh, bands that existed, but I did enjoy them. That was always what I listened to right before I went on the field uh, to play football. Uh, and then after that, we're going to talk about our Beer of the Week and a little shout-out related to that and top three concerts of all time. See so you after the break. All right, and welcome back to the last part of... View from the rock episode three and we're gonna be talking about uh 80s hair bands which um despite being born in the 80s uh I don't think I know too much about but I did listen to quite a few of them so first of all I'm kind of curious what actually defines an 80s hair band Papa Swappa can you inform me uh, you know it's
1: it's tough to answer i think i think uh you know like the Supreme Court used to say about pornography i think if you see it you know it <laughs> oh
3: wow that's <laughs> all great. right let's go <laughs> sign dog
1: what do you think defines
3: a hairband you know i think i mean there's there's some original hair bands that uh um i mean you, you, you think of makeup big hair i mean you think of Motley Crue and I don't want to give away all the all of my list, but you know, uh, are the bands that did didn't dress up and makeup are they considered hair bands? You know, is Bon Jovi a hair band? Um, I mean, I think they are. Is Aeros Somebody asked earlier, is Aerosmith a hair band? I don't think Aerosmith's a hair band. I don't think they'd be they'd be just straight old classic rock, right?
1: Yeah, you know, they debuted in the seventies, and and I know they disappeared for a while, and then Run DMC and they came back, but I think. Before the hairband era, I think Aerosmith was like a classic rock band. Who was the original hairband that you can think of? Well, you know, so somewhere up there, the hairband gods or the rock gods are probably going to strike me down with a bolt of lightning. But, Sign Dog, I think Kiss. I don't think you're wrong. Hey, but they started in the 70s. I know, but I think when you look at like the the the... So we're talking 80s hair bands. I know, I know. But I think if you made like a timeline and did some, you know, anthropology, cultural anthropology on hair bands, I think KISS might be right at the genesis of what it was that made a hair band.
0: you think it was kind of like KISS did their thing and they became what bands like these in the 80s were trying to emulate? Therefore, they were the original hair band? It's just that they were not maybe technically included as one of those 80s hair bands. What do you think, Sign Dog?
3: I don't know. I mean, it, you look at kind of the theatrical rock, and I mean, Bowie is definitely not a hair band, but Bowie may have been the impetus for mm. a lot of other hair bands. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh. I, so I think there's a genre in there that is glam, and I think yep. Bowie was glam. Yep. So glam, yeah, 80
2: glam, or 80 rock? Hmm. So because you look at some of these, like... I, I, you know, Van Halen, Aerosmith, Bon Jovi. If you talk about big hair, they had it.
3: I just, I I actually don't think I'd put Van Halen as a hair band.
2: So do you just put them as a rock band and we're talking about hair bands? Like, well, in just a second, but like, I consider when you say 80s hair band, I think of rat.
1: Mm. Oh, Mm. Steven Pearcy. Warren, round and round, Warren like Demartini. when I
2: 1986, I I was listening to Rat all that the time. That was a
1: great video. Ugh. Ugh. Back when Cinderella, the, the thing. C- C- Cinderella is I. I've talked to everyone in this room. I think about this. I think Cinderella is super underrated. They're pretty good. They could write songs. Tom Kiefer.
2: Don't know what you got till it's gone. That
1: come on <laughs> a little piano in there. That was that was magical. Long cold winter.
3: Oh yeah, coming home. Yeah, I think they're, they were—they have to be included in hair bands, but they're almost like into that crossover into the 90s. So You I, think? Cinderella? Almost. I mean, they get—they go hairband and they kind of go a little bit different. Well, with the well,
0: yeah. I don't see scorpions on there. Ooh. Well, they're German. I mean, isn't but that <laughs> English? Can you be a European and be a hair band? Oh, yeah. So I, I think, think another qu- big
1: thing with hair bands is a lot of them came out of kind of the L.A. scene, Motley Crue, Poison. LA Guns. Guns. Yeah, Ballad of Jane. But it can't
2: it can't, I think it's universal. So we I mean, this might be a different episode, but you have to think about it. Like, is it just hair? Or is it makeup and just that eighties LA scene hmm. that we're talking about? Because when you talk about hair, everyone in the band except for the lead singer for Judas Priest. Or is that heavy metal?
3: That's
0: metal. So that's considered metal. Rock Cause, Gods. Because that's just like you know, Metallica. They were they were doing their yeah. thing.
2: So Guns N' Roses is considered metal. Yeah. But they were the last, I think, the end of hair bands.
3: Unless you listen to The Darkness, Who Brought It
0: Back, which is
1: oh, Darkness oh, is one wow. of the, the best bands ever. Oh. Have
0: you have you seen them in person? I haven't. I want, Ruck to. Has, I want to go. That's the only thing I have on Sign Down. Yeah. Oh, oh no. I, it I they're, if they come back, I'm in. I would
3: love to see the darkness. So hey,
1: I'm gonna just name some bands, hair bands, and let's just go freestyle right here. Give me thoughts on the following bands. White Lion. Wait. I know that's that's
3: one Is of that your correct. Favorite. Isn't that your all time favorite swap?
1: I like White Lion. Uh Vito Brada Mike
3: Tramp. Isn't that what uh, Yellow Dog was inspired by?
1: We did do a little... Yellow Dog used to do a little White Lion. We would do When Children Cry. That was uh, uh, that was a showstopper. I, I can't imagine that was an easy... Hey, why don't you give a shout
2: out for? to your White Lion or to your Yellow Dog band?
1: Dana Christensen, B.R. Covey, Scott Parnell, Yellow Dog. Um, we And White Lion also did a tremendous cover of Radar Love. Really? Yes. But originally by Golden Earring. Ring. Golden Earring. Wow, wow. good Rock. for you, Rock. Nice Rock. job, Rock. Mm. Okay, how about this one? Faster Pussycat.
3: Yeah, they're good. I was never into Faster Pussycat much,
1: but they're good.
0: I'm gonna say I've never heard of the last two. What's bands, their you What said. was their
3: big song?
1: Uh, they had their big song was something about the bathroom wall. Uh, I found your number on the bathroom. Wall. Boom! There it is. Uh, okay. And then they also had House of Pain, later covered by the White Buffalo. Oh, that's a good song. House of Pain's a good song. Um, how about um, Kicks? Isn't Wasn't that a serial? Wasn't the lead singer's last name Kicks? Might have been. Um, other hair bands.
2: So you're t- you're going. I like it. Oh, I like it.
1: I like every part of it.
2: What else you got?
1: Well, we mentioned L.A. Guns. Um, man, starting to draw a blank here. Who's your all-time favorite? You know who we haven't talked about? Poison. Mm. And I think they are... You know, I think their debut album was... uh, Help me out here, sign dog. Was it Look What the Cat Dragged In? It is. And if you have seen that album cover, I mean, that's hairband personified. Because there's the four dudes that are heavily made up with, like, 80s female... Perms, and they—can I say this? They look like chicks.
3: There's nobody more made up than CC Deville. So, that can you is, name
2: any other than CC Deville? Can you name the other band members?
1: I believe we had Ricky Rocket.
2: That's two. Brett Michaels. That's three. I cannot name the fourth. That's you, the only three I can. Ricky name. Rocket
3: was the drummer. Right, Michael, Bobby so Doll, Bobby not, Dahl we're, was the bassist. Oh, who
2: was it? Bobby Doll. Oh, see, I can't, I would never have known that. I
3: think, yeah, I I was kind of, I was big into Poison back in All the right.
2: day. All right, so hey, real quick, here's mine. When I think about it, I think about, I just started listening to music in 86, 87. Yeah. Motley Crue, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told you, po- Cinderella, Poison, Rat, like Rat just, Got to me. Round and round. Oh, Steven Piercy was amazing. Um, I'm I'm in love with Def Leppard. Like it's almost related to your love of uh uh Nickelback. They're almost they're almost in the same
3: <laughs> hey. family as Nickelback.
2: <laughs> no, we can't Def Leppard, man. I just I mean hysteria, but rock of ages, early Def Leppard, mm-hmm. but hysteria was like middle school. For, yeah. like it was. Bringing did, on a heartbreak is a great song, but when you hear hysteria, Rocket,
0: dude, love bites, love oh, bites, love bites, mm, that gets me right there in the heartstrings. Every and time.
1: you weren't even born yet. A little Pyromania, <laughs> yeah. Photograph. Was, oh, so, oh, so oh,
2: like the that's song. the that
0: see that album, Rocket Photograph. Like, so is the name of that album Pyromania? Is it? Yes. Okay.
2: That was where you know living here in this area. And um, my neighbor was uh, Rick Lin, Vic Lindsay, who is uh, one year older than Swap. But they were they they got me on all that, and it, oh, yeah. you know we're in middle school. We didn't have anything else. We had all those bands. We'd have a dance once a month, and that's all they'd play.
1: Yeah. Hey, let me throw at you. Let me throw at you, a little White Snake.
0: That's what I was gonna. Oh yeah. you oh dude, I forgot I, 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 about. Here now. I go again.
2: Tawny.
1: Tawny Catane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was
2: every uh, every teen boy's fantasy. But when right? you think about it, though, think about it. When we, in 1988, 87, 88, there was a lot of ballads.
3: Oh,
0: sure.
2: Oh. So you're at a dance. That I mean, that's what you're, you're slow dancing. Yes, waiting every fourth
1: song. <laughs> You know, you're waiting, you're waiting for home sweet home to come on oh. and you're going to find <laughs> whoever or every it is.
2: every rose has its thorn. Oh, oh, that yeah. might have been the best. That's where you're just like, "Oh, I'm taking her right now." We're and you know, dancing. you
1: know what? We talked last episode about PBRs at 2.8 and the world needs 2.8s. Most hair bands are 2.8s. If we're going to get right <laughs> down to that, it. that's a real
0: solid comparison. Mm.
2: And there's I, a place uh, for them. I can't believe we forgot I forgot about
0: White Snake too. Hey, I'm sorry, Rock. I have a I have a clarifying question because this band just came into my mind. I don't think they're a hair band, but being young ish, sticks.
2: So sticks
3: is
0: my, 70s? Like prog rock? Is that Styx? I think they'd be prog rock.
1: Maybe right there with uh, God, who'd be who else would be prog rock? Would
3: ELO be there? ELO.
1: No, play, what I, is I did I'm sorry. a ELO those, those What does
2: prog rock mind. mean? Because when I think of ELO, I think of seventies. Sticks
3: Well, prog rock was, I mean, it's short for progressive rock, but it was just kind of like experimental. uh,
1: Synthesizers and crap. A little more
3: dreamy rock. Yeah. You know, you have ELO. Okay.
1: So you have ELO. You
3: might throw Jethro Tull. I was going to just
1: say Jethro Tull. I saw them in concert, which is going to come up later on. You know, they had their lead singer. Uh A lot of people think Jethro Tull is the guy. No. Jethro Tull is the band. What is his name? Ian Anderson. Ian Anderson. Yeah
0: tremendous flautist he is a flautist. i think swap just gave away something but well maybe that means that we should head on to our next segment well, give me so just we, uh, uh, I, yeah you guys have
3: said them already and i'll just motley crew for me was the band starting with too fast for love i probably played fifty thousand hours of motley crew for three or four years so i that's definitely my number one and i still think they're like they're the best in my opinion um Rat was up there for me, and then I have to admit, you know, Heather would, would uh, not let me get away with it. But Def Leppard, they're not really hair band, but they're kind of hair band. Def Leppard, that
2: Def for me was everything. So what? Def Leppard, then, well, I think then I think still Guns N' Roses. Yeah, they're kind of the bridge if you're talking between the 80s about Def 90s, Leppard right? and all that, then Guns N' Roses was the end. So and if Guns, Guns N' Roses, and Roses is my number one,
1: if they're a hair band, they're my number one. I'm not 100% sure they're a hair band.
2: So then we might have to redo that and just say, you know, on a different one like are they considered rock like hair bands that just wear makeup and big hair? I think they're the they're the
1: bridge between hair bands and alternative. I they I 100% agree. They yeah. even toured with Alice in Chains. And I think one thing we can all agree on is Guns N' Roses was damn good. I still think it's the two best guitar
3: solos of all time in November rain. That's the best.
1: Hey, and we haven't even talked about Twisted Sister. No. We haven't talked about Warrant. We haven't talked about Slaughter. What about Striper? Striper. Dockin'. Great White.
0: (laughs) Uh, See, all those bands for me, that was... You're going to turn it up to 11, and you're going to go do some sort of sporting event for me and that would just get me there where I needed to be. Like kickstart my heart. That was that was the last thing I heard before. I play that every day in
2: PE.
3: Oh it's amazing. That might lead into like the best guitar riffs of all time. Well hey
2: real quick, what about like when you watch a Twisted Sister video when I show my kids, they're like what is this?
1: And they don't you remember understand? when the dad's like,
2: I don't understand.
1: And it was the guy that played Niedermeyer in Animal yeah. House. <laughs> so it was all kinds of stuff happening. And it was great for us. It and it was. was like,
2: I wanna rock. Oh and then it was just boom.
3: Wow. I just remember my dad's reaction to those posters being on my wall in uh, Ellensburg, Washington in fifth grade, looking at me like, what is wrong with you?
2: <laughs> but you know Quiet riot. Oh, Come on, feel the noise. Who mm. was
1: the guy who had the, the chainsaw? Was that Jackal? Jackal. They did I was just listening to Jack Channel 39, Sirium XM radio, hair, 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 hair nation. Yeah. And Jackal came on and it was they had a song that uses a chainsaw. And it was what is the name of that song? It's uh it's not Chainsaw Charlie, is it? No. Isn't that one? I'm gonna look it up <laughs> yeah. while we're on here. <laughs> <laughs> not Chainsaw Charlie.
3: <laughs> Wasn't Rail was Rail kind of the end of the hair metal, or are we getting too deep? I
1: mm-hmm. think we're I think we're getting in a rabbit hole right okay. there. Jackal, <laughs> who apparently is still on tour.
0: You know, okay. Isn't this isn't a hair metal band, whatever you want to call it, when they uh, have reached a certain age, one of one of the saddest things to see at that point? like they aren't even close to what they used to be most of the time i feel like
3: well none of us are rough but it's
0: true but <laughs> i feel like it's such a departure from what you remember them as that it's for me yes
3: i seeing motley crew uh, a few years ago in the tacoma dome vince neil did not impress <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of ba- there were a lot of backing tracks <laughs> going on he just couldn't <laughs> hit it like he used to but It's still, the you know, hair metal is as much about the show as it is anything else, right? So
0: Absolutely. Um, Hey, so, Swap, do you find anything out before we go on to... The Lumberjack is the name of the song with the
1: chainsaw. (laughs) That makes sense. And it's like a real bluesy kind of thing, but they just throw a little chainsaw
0: in there. Blues? Hair metal band? Well,
1: it's kind of like a classic, like, blues riff to it. It's not like a lot of hair bands. It's a (laughs) 2.8. But there's a chainsaw. I mean it's like a quarter pounder with cheese where you throw bacon on it.
2: Hey, real quick. Is it a 1 or a 0?
1: It's a 1. Okay. It's not cauliflower. That's how that's how we do it. Wow.
2: So um, Brad, if you don't know, it's you know, if you are trying to identify who's good or who's not. Mm-hmm. It's not out of a 5 or a 10. It's a 1 or a 0. Okay. And that's how you do it. It makes it easy. Yeah. All right, you ready? This this is according to to Jason.
0: This the, the, the ranking. I think there's to I week. think
2: there's like seventy people that are on board with me. Okay, well, Se- seventy
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice round number of seventy. Hey, you know what? Sixty <laughs> percent of the audience agrees with you every time, right? Something like that. Jason uh, has tens of converts. <laughs> tens of converts. <laughs> Hey, uh, speaking of things that Jason wants to tell us about that he might not actually know that much about, uh, tell us about our beer of the week, Miss uh, Morgie. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, uh-oh. There was an, an error in the show. Yeah. Uh, do, are we going to need to go to break before we talk about our beer of the week? I think we need a break. Okay. We can do a break. Let's go to a break. All right. Welcome from the impromptu break. Uh, Here on the View from the Rock podcast, sometimes things don't go the way they're planned. Uh, Today, we are talking about our Beer of the Week, and uh, this is a a beer in a brewery that has a special place in uh, our hearts, Um, not only because a friend of the podcast shared it with us, but also um, this brewery I've actually been to um, down in... The brewery uh, is in Carlsbad, I think the original one, but I was in San Diego when I went there. It's called Pizza Port, and they have phenomenal pizza. Um, I'm going to let uh, Morgie tell us a little mo- bit more about this beer after we crack our cans. Oh, that's a hard to open. Oh, you guys, that's a, that's a two-hander. Oh, oh man. <laughs> so this
2: is the Chronic Ale, which is an amber ale, and like Ruck said... Pizza Port Brewing Company in Carlsbad, 4.9% alcohol by volume. Untapped gives it a 3.7 out of 5 with about 45,000 views, which means swap. That's not very many.
1: No, that's, that's not very many views in the world of Untapped.
2: So their motto is good beer brings good cheer. Here's the history of the beer from the brewmaster. The beer is a longtime house favorite at their brew pubs. Brewed with house yeast strain La Cruda. Oh. And English specialty malts. This mellow amber ale is lighter in flavor with a smooth bitterness. Sip, sip, cheers. So I'm going to take my first sip.
3: Sip, sip.
1: Cheers. Oh. Oh, that's, that's nice. A, that tastes good. That's a nice. That's a nice amber. That is a nice
0: amber. You know, it's it's kind of amazing the the flavor that it has makes it seem like there's a lot more alcohol or something like like it's a lot in uh, to chew on. Um, I don't think it's a beer that I could just have multiple of. Um, it's a it's a heavy tasting beer, despite it being four point nine. That's it's good though.
3: Yeah, it definitely has a thickness to it. Yeah it almost feels like a a scotch ale to a little amber.
1: Really, yeah. What what do you guys think you would pair this with? I you know, I I I was
2: thinking that was going to be a darker amber. Like when I do Alaskan Amber or Mac and Jacks, this is lighter to me. Hmm. Really? Well, maybe or I haven't had them in 15 years.
1: So what Like I just want you to think about you know if you're if you're having this with a meal, or a or an appetizer. Well, I was thinking shot. Like what shot I would pair it with?
0: Oh, (laughs) what what meal? The the shot pairing with the beer, like the what do they call that? The beer back. Mm -hmm. I'm happy that people like to do that. I can't wrap my mind around that one because in my mind I go, that shot I'm taking prevents me from having another tasty beer.
2: Hmm.
3: I mean you just think like, you drink with anybody that has a double. A shot and a beer is the same thing.
0: I know. Instead of but, a but double. A, <laughs> but I'm I, I'm just thinking I can have more beers when I have less of those shots. Oh. Yeah. Because I wanna I like to taste a lot of different beers. I feel like I'm always chasing the dragon. Mm-hmm. Like I wanna find the next great beer flavor as I'm as I'm drinking a beer. And so if I'm at a brewery I haven't been to I'm trying to find a different one.
2: So, John,
0: what what do you consider chasing the dragon? Well, you know, I think that originally, does that come from, like, opium dens? I was just thinking about Mr. Brownstone with Guns N' Roses. I was thinking about the
1: Johnny Depp movie where he does chase the dragon. Um, not actually
3: chasing the dragon, but he mentions it when he's doing... Uh, what's the green liquor or...
2: Absinthe? Absinthe. Oh, I have I actually understand. had Absinthe.
3: Was it where he was? Uh, in um, Vegas. Was, it's not Sweetie Todd, but it's the one where he's in London.
1: Heather Graham's in it. I'm usually good at these things, but
0: I'm not right now. But
2: when you think so, about chasing the dragon in terms of alcohol.
0: Yeah, okay. So for me... There trying are to find some, the perfect beer. Well, there are some times where you've had exceptional beer experiences. One of the first times I had a beer where I go... I. I need to have some more of that. Was mm. a Russell Cream Ale. It was just across the border. I was 19, and it was at a little fish and chip shop in White, uh, White, White, White Rock. White Rock. Rock. Thank you. And so, you know, this is my psychology major hat I'm putting on right now. But I think that we're often influenced by the environment around us. So mm-hmm. me being a 19 year old. I'm out at a bar, maybe for the first time, and was this on a
3: Wednesday night at uh, going up from Western?
0: You know, I don't. At this point in my life, that's a long time (laughs) ago—sixteen years. Um, Oh my, (laughs) that's funny. And sixteen years. Well, so I have this beer, and it it like blows me away. Um, I and ever since then, I kept trying to go across the border, and every time I'd go to a place, I'd ask if they had that. And it wasn't very common. The Russell Brewing Company didn't ship their beer across the border. So it wasn't something I could find down here. And ever since then, it's just, it sort of like haunts my brain that I have never had that exact taste. Mm. It was this like sweet vanilla richness that's like has a lot of roastiness to it that just kind of, you know, tickles your tongue. The other, the other one that I've chased is. Uh, The hazy craze, like all the hazies, the juicies, the New England IPAs that are out there today. um, Super popular, um, fruity, kind of that orange juice flavor to it. My brother lived in Boston during COVID and I had planned to visit him until COVID hit. And they have, as you can imagine, a couple New England IPAs that are exceptional, probably many that are exceptional considering it's the New England area. And so he brought back... Uh, A couple from, I believe it was Treehouse Brewing. Um, One was called King Julius. And I mean, it was like I was drinking this sweet orange juice. And all it is is hops. It's not like they put orange juice in it. And ever since then, when I'm trying to get a hazy or a juicy IPA, I mean, it's just, I'm hoping for it, but I'm not expecting that. But that's what I'm chasing.
2: King Julius sounds amazing. That's a great name for a
1: beer. I think the key to a lot of these beers now is the marketing, the artistry on the can, if I'm to be completely honest. And I think the Chronic Ale from Pizza Port Brewing Company gets an A-plus on their artistry. Now, we have in our presence right now an expert artist in terms of marketing Sign Dog, what do you have to say? Do you have anything to illuminate us with in terms of beer artistry? Well, um, as far as the Chronic Ale,
3: it definitely sets sets a vibe for sure. It makes me want to be on that
2: beach. Um, oh, yeah, 100%.
3: <laughs> waist deep in the water with one of these in my hand, drinking it just fast enough so it doesn't get warm.
2: It kind of, it kind of In like 85 degree weather. Yes. So that was that was... about two minutes? <laughs> that was almost two... poetry. <laughs> two minutes of drinking?
1: Uh-huh. Well, Hey, real quick.
2: A shout out to our great co- podcast friend. Friend John of the Richards. podcast. Uh, friend
1: of the podcast. What's his name again, Jay? John Richards. Yep.
2: He contacted me about this and he was so excited. So his future son-in-law's parents are from California. California and got him hooked on this Beer it's a great beer Thank you John
1: and John Has been a friend of the podcast From day one
2: Legendary family Man good friend His kids great His son played hoops In town I know He's listening
1: right now and he's the only The only Oregon duck fan the, That I can tolerate Uh he is, I can't believe it. He is the nicest Oregon Duck fan I've ever met. It almost makes, makes me think he's a fake Oregon Duck. He is not. Because none of them are nice. Well, I think it's easy to be
3: nice when they beat us like 12 times in a row. Up until this last year, then you find out how nice people
2: really are. And he was the nicest man in the world <laughs> when we won and Swappa and Morgay and others were celebrating.
1: It was, you know, he. I think he felt good for us because we had won. And uh, a lot of the Oregon boys,
2: they can suck it. Because they were, <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. Come on. I, uh, You've I won that. 14 out of 17, maybe. Let the record show that took an uh, hour and eight minutes into the podcast to have Jay <laughs> Morgie uh, give us one of his legendary famous infamous quotes suck it
2: i think i did that earlier
0: no way yes
2: like uh, a minute uh maybe 30 minutes in
0: but was it sort of like a well they can suck it
2: well
3: it wasn't as
0: emphatic as this one i feel this like it was, that was a real part of, part d- of
2: conversation I, well, uh, i'm i just i love john we love john john's a good dude friend of the podcast we love all the organ boys too i love you
1: so, oh, don't so be mad at me. Just not as dragon, much as John.
3: <laughs> yeah. Hey. You have me thinking about chasing the dragon. Yeah. yeah. And I think to me, though I can never have any beer that tastes as good as the first time I had a Scotch Ale at Boundary Bay Brewery brewery back in the day. Like I've never had a beer that ever have will ever match
0: that first one.
3: Because I'd never had anything like it.
0: I, I think that I think those first times, I think the environment I think a lot of those are the reasons why in our mind we have those those things that we're chasing. I know the oatmeal stout that mm-hmm. they have also is one of those for me. Um, and then... <laughs> you get, uh, I, I'm getting uh, some you thumbs get F, down. You get F. <laughs> uh, according to Mr.
2: Moore at the middle school, you get F.
0: You know, I, uh, I, like to, I I try all kinds of different fermented beverages, and the oatmeal was enjoyable. So have you had the sours? You know, there's a time of the year that I can drink sours, and it's when it's above 80 degrees in Washington, so not very often. I don't
3: think my palate's mature enough Mature enough to have a sour. The sours
1: are, uh, they're not great. They're <laughs> off
2: limits for me, because I don't like them. But you know, there is a boy, you know.
0: <laughs> stop, stop. What? <laughs> I just don't okay. like
2: them. They're off limits for you because you don't like them. Yes. So, but my one of my good buddies Brent Miz Wizmer <laughs> the uh, Wiz the Wiz
0: nobody beats he, the Wiz.
2: He he only drinks he loves the sours. Like he'll send a picture of a sour and I want to throw up.
0: Hey, so as great as that mental imagery is, um, this segment that we just had, we were striving for brevity and here we are. So, Shall we move it along to top three concerts? I'm getting some thumbs up here. All right. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about our top three concerts. And by top three, I mean top two. Correct?
1: And
3: then we're going to save the last and one. And then
0: we're we?
1: saving the last one for the end. Okay. So we're no, we're doing three and two, and then one. One last.
0: Okay. So we're starting with our third one. Correct. Second one. And after and everyone's after. done three, two. Okay. Yes. You know? Math. Um. So let's have our our guest start us off. Sign Dog, three, two. Oh, my. Hold
2: on. Before we do this.
0: (laughs) Yes.
1: What? Brad,
2: Uh, how many concerts have you really been to?
3: I don't know. I've I've never counted, but uh, I worked at the Gorge for five years, better part of five years. Started my freshman year of high school with my first concert being Bob Dylan and Tracy Chapman. Ooh, uh, I'm a big Tracy Chapman fan. Not as much Dylan, but tr- I, I love Little Tracy. Fast cars. Oh, fast, fast
1: cars.
3: <laughs> it's, it's fast cars. Hey.
2: And that's probably not his favorite song.
3: It's up there. That's a good one. I kind of just yeah. We could talk about that song for a whole podcast. <laughs> uh, but I worked out there, and so I would see twenty to thirty concerts. I would work them. I would work stage crew. Work chair crew. And me and my buddies would be out there for three or four days. Uh, we would camp. And we would do all these different things and see every show. We had we get most of the time we had the show off, so we could watch all the shows from Sting to Fleetwood Mac to Jimmy Buffett. Which uh, don't don't at me, but I'm not a big Jimmy Buffett fan. Um, we saw uh, tons of shows, and so it was it was really just the best job imaginable. So I've seen quite a few shows, and I could talk about this forever. Anybody who knows me knows I. I would talk about live music all day, every day. Um, but I've probably seen three hundred to four, three hundred to three hundred fifty shows. Uh, Heather, Heather, and I—it's one of the things we love to do most. Uh, we both love to go see live music, uh, so we try to do it as often as we can. So I—I uh, I could go on forever, but I will just my third. This has been very difficult to to narrow it down to top three. Um, so I had to think of, of the moments and the energy and, and like what it meant. So number three uh, was seeing the tragically hip in Rogers Arena for their last concert when they knew the lead singer was gonna was gonna pass away within wow. two months. I think he had three uh, yeah. shows after that. Yeah, and just seeing the connection to the crowd and. Knowing what it took for him to be on the stage, it was wow, so powerful.
2: And terminal cancer, correct?
3: Yeah, it was brain cancer, and so he had to relearn the songs, and he had this whole process he had to do to do it. So it was, I mean, it's it was one of the more emotional concerts I've ever been to. Real um, quick,
2: wasn't their last show live streamed across Canada?
3: Yes. Yeah, I, I feel like they they are the, one of the more underappreciated bands um, in rock and roll. We spent that.
1: several
2: hours
3: watching
1: them in Hood River, though. We did. Yeah.
0: Hey, I, uh, confession. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever heard them. Oh, my God. Oh, you get Ugh. F. Oh, you <laughs> hey, get double This F. is a safe space. <laughs> you know, this is a safe space. As, but as I mean, a 35 year old, we are going to. Oh. Uh,
3: Josh Johnson would be very disappointed. Oh, my okay, God. Okay, here's the it,
0: worst it, part about you me have admitting
2: heard, that. You've heard been... that band at Josh's house.
0: Exactly. I've been a part of many conversations about them, and I've had people talk. To me or around me about them a lot, I just kind of nod my head and I'm like, "Yep."
2: Mm-hmm. Josh, right now, is giving you double f. Uh,
0: yeah, we'll see if he's made it this
2: far. Concert okay. number two.
1: Concert
3: <laughs> number two. Uh, it was the first concert Heather and I went to, and it was Stevie Wonder. At uh, it was Climate Pledge before it was Climate Pledge. He played the whole "Songs in the Key of Life" album. It was his 64th birthday, and he was incredible. Like just we had the the best time. He he sounded better than the album, and I think it's one of the best albums of all time. So um, that's probably a surprise. You probably didn't expect that, but uh, it was such a treat to see him. What year? We met in two thousand fourteen. So yeah, that was our maybe our third date, and uh, that was a that kind of set the tone for our relationship. We had to go see shows, time and time again. Oh. So,
1: uh, but that was another magical uh, two hours.
2: All right, swap. You ready,
1: man? And I, you know, I don't even know what I'm going to say right now. It's just going to come out because I've been I've been bouncing like five or six concert rounds in my head. Um, but I'm going to go. So, 1992 shoot. And a couple of buddies and me were there all day. We saw Jimmy Cliff, um, and that is not my choice of concert number three, but we're walking around at night, and there's a group called The Lovemongers <laughs> that is in the opera house. Brad's
2: shaking his head like he knows the band.
1: And we're going, "You know I what? Do. Let's go see the love mongers." and we so we walk over to the opera house, and people are flocking to the opera house. And we have no idea who the love mongers are. So we get in there, and the opera house, if you've ever been there at the Seattle Center, is um pretty small venue. And we got in there, and we got a couple seats. And the love mongers are Ann and Nancy Wilson. What? Yes. Oh, it's, my God. Yes. And, and they're acoustical, and they're doing, like, Zeppelin songs. Oh. And... It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. They have a song on the single soundtrack.
0: For the Love Mongers. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, Ruck? Uh, I mean, I don't want to be a broken record, but I don't know who those two, two people are. <laughs> you know, oh, Anna, my Anna dude.
2: Nancy Wilson? <laughs> yeah. He does not know who Hart is.
1: Oh,
0: Hart? Hart. Heart. Oh, okay. Got yeah. it.
1: And it, it, was, it was amazing. Wow. <sighs> and we had, I think... What puts it in my top three is we had no idea. We were just twenty years old and dumb. And then
2: all of a sudden they show up. Yeah, we're and like you thought you're like love mongers. And Who we're like
1: kind of like who's this going to be, you know? And then it was it was heart.
3: Battle of Evermore, Love Mongers. Yes. The... Oh
1: no way. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, a oh cover. oh dude. Speaking. Of, yeah. And I mean, and they're they're so good. Yes. Okay, so number two, this is going to be a little bit obscure. It's not super obscure, but you wouldn't think this would be in my top three. Maybe 1991, The Gorge, Don Henley. Mm. And I'm going to just give you a little context here. The Eagles were done. So as a boy growing up in the 80s, Hotel California is the best thing you've ever heard in your life. So, Don Henley had some good solo stuff. End of Innocence, Heart of the Matter, a um, couple other ones. Boys of Summer. Right. I mean, it's some good stuff, right? So, we're going to go there. We're going to see Don Henley. So, he's done. He comes out for his encore, and he's sitting at the drums. The sun's going down in the gorge. And he freaking. And it's Hotel California. Oh, my God. That, that would be amazing. You have goosebumps right now. Yes. I, I, I have do. goosebumps. I do. And I'm going to give you a little caveat to this one. Opening for Don Henley that night, and for every boy who grew up in the 80s, Susanna Hoffs. Really? Yes. Eternal Flame. Uh, (laughs) The
3: (laughs)
2: Bengals. Oh. That's amazing. That's awesome. Swapper, I worked that show. Oh, oh.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> he was, he, hey,
2: swap. He's been looking at me like, oh, yeah, I know that show.
1: You're, turn, oh. So the Eagles were done. So you were never, ever going to see Hotel California again. And then four years later, Hell Freezes over. They do a tour. And they played at the Gorge. But and how was
2: that show, though? That, that, like, Hell freezes over. No, the show you went to at the Gorge, like that's your number two. Don Henley.
1: It was. It was, and Don Henley is really good for to be able to play drums and sing, oh. and I be didn't... the most iconic. I mean, top five iconic vocal performances ever, and play the drums while you're doing it. I can't believe he can do that. Oh, that's awesome. He's so good. All right, what do you got, Mr. Morgenthaler? Okay,
2: my number three. Number three, here it is. Oh. So, my number three is Audio Slave at La Luna in Portland, which hosts about 1,500. And it's like a stand around, it's not like, you know, like you move around and do. Crazy stuff. It's like you're sitting down, you stand around, and it was like 2003. But just seeing Cornell with rage Ugh. was was like, uh, Morala was was crazy. And then like Shadow of the Sun, I Am the Highway, Cochise, mm. just all of them. I got to see him twice at that venue. And that venue doesn't exist anymore.
3: What part of Portland is it in?
2: Uh, southeast.
1: Okay. Can I ask this to Brad? You've seen many concerts, many guitarists. Where does Morello rank? As far as live, or just ever? Period. Live. Oh,
3: he's a, he's top top three. Morello. Mer- Oh, top three? Top three. Yeah, he's... I don't know. Uh, I saw ACDC in Vegas at the MGM. and What year? What, uh, it was 2010, maybe? And uh, just Angus Young is oh. incredible. What a showman. So Morello's in the conversation. Uh, and we could talk about the Rage show out at the Gorge, which was... A life-changing moment, too. But
2: Morello's uh, there. He's so good live. He, like, we, we watch him on uh, Sirius, or we listen. We yes. don't watch him. He is amazing. Like, uh, that changed me, watching that. But it was so small where there was no room for, you know, people aren't moving. You're just watching. So there, wasn't, the, a big, there wasn't a big There no, was pit or anything? No, there was a mosh pit, yeah. nothing. It's a small venue, 2,000 people. So my number two was tool. Ugh, it's it's amazing at the Schnitz in Portland.
0: <laughs> in case you're wondering, sometimes why it's difficult for Morgan um, to talk, he uh, he has some a dental appliance. I think we would call it orthodonture. I I didn't realize until today's show, and he mentioned it. So That's because he's, he's wearing he's his headgear. Yeah, he's had it for the last four months, so it's impressive. <laughs> I have braces. Yeah, he <laughs> has braces. He That's chose to say
1: the word schnitz.
2: <laughs> schnitz. Does that sound better? <laughs> schnitz. <laughs> As you were. Uh, so Kelly dropped me off and went out with her friends. I went by myself. 1,900 people. So the schnitz is like... Seattle's version of maybe the Paramount the more is it smaller uh, maybe but it's got like you sit in different uh, portions of the theater. It's like a theater and tool can it, it blew my mind. what,
3: what uh, tour was that?
2: So it was 2004 so Enema maybe Enema was like 02. But just them playing and I, I focused on Danny Carey because I love drumming. My uncle was a drummer. I love rush. Uh swap, swap <laughs> what gives it a, a freaking F. Not a rush fan. <laughs> but Neil Pert was one of the best drummers of all time, even though so but Danny Carey's amazing. He is. And it was so good. So that's that was my second that's my second show. I like that.
0: All right, I'm going to be try to be quick here because I'm not as widely <clears throat> I haven't I don't go to that many concerts. Haven't been to as many. Haven't had as much time to go to as many because until we go to the darkness. You've, you've got a few years on me. So, I'm going to mention some of the ones I've actually been to because it's not that long of a list. Um, one that I just remembered, which <sighs> I don't know. I'm having a hard time not putting in my top 3. So I'm going to I'm going to save that. So, Darkness definitely one of the top concerts I've been to. Massive Attack was at the gorge for Sasquatch when I went there, and I was sitting on the hill, and I could just feel the bass in my chest, and I thought I was connected on a rocket ship. Oh, it was amazing. Um, Girl talk.
3: Was Tricky with them?
0: I don't, uh, no, I don't think so. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. See, um, this is
2: why we have Brad here, because he knows this. Swap and I know nothing.
1: I have no idea what you're talking about. I agree. <laughs> Brad is looking at you like, yeah, I was there.
0: <laughs> so then uh, this all happened... Almost all these concerts happened when I went to Western uh, in that nice college four years uh, where you can go Vikes, do whatever you want. Um, yeah, uh, Girl Talk. I don't mm-hmm. if anyone's ever heard of Girl Talk. Have you heard of them? Uh-huh. They're like a mix, mix artist. Like they mash up a lot of songs together, and it's like a freaking—it's a house party. It was in the Viking Union. It was packed. That was an excellent time. Uh, Sufian Stevens is a, is a great multi instrumental performer. I've seen him twice, I think. And the next band, I've seen more than any other band in person, and that's Dragon Force. <laughs> I don't know who Dragon Force what? is. What? Did you just give four? <laughs> no, these are not even my top three. You get. I, <laughs> <laughs> are we getting to your top three? <laughs> we are. You guys have talked for so long, I don't have that much to actually say about them. <laughs> Here's the one that almost makes my top three that you made me think of. April Wine. Oh. They were a Canadian kind of hairband, weren't they?
1: Are they Canadian? April. Shout one? out to Dirty Honey, by the way.
0: <laughs> so I think I was... And the Black Crows, baby. Yes. Sorry, Rock. So I must have been 19, and we went across the border for Canada Day. Free concert out in the, in the lawn there across the border. There was so much green smells in the air that I had never ex- smelled before in my life. And the drummer had a drum solo with that was double bass drum solo, and it was, it was wild. And the guy's probably 60 at the time. Like, it was amazing. So, top three though. Um, number three, shins. Um, I saw the shins at, in Red Square at Western, and it was pouring rain, and halfway through the show, all the electrical equipment started malfunctioning, and they started just Playing whatever they could that was up on stage, and were thrashing their instruments, and it was a good time. Uh, everybody was soaked to the bone. And number two, when I was at Sasquatch as well, uh, was Mumford and Sons. And ooh, yeah, it it I was like a really little uh, lion man. It it was their first album. Uh, they weren't super big yet because they were on one of the side stages, uh, not on the main stage. And it was that time of the day coming. Uh, uh, where there's this wind this this warm breeze coming off the Columbia up to where we're at on that stage and it was just so peaceful it was amazing what year was that that would have been 2005 no sorry 2009
2: and then they just
0: took off after that yeah definitely okay we're to so I don't have anything else to say back to number 1. Weird. And th- I like that.
3: Uh I didn't know that's how you pronounce Suf- Sufjan Stevens or Sufjan Stevens.
0: Yeah, it's a silent j.
1: Okay. Yeah. Brad you know things that no one else knows.
2: <laughs> he's he's high-fiving every band that Ruck said.
0: And I've never heard so, of it. So, well we just them. saw
3: the Shins uh, at the Paramount like a month ago.
1: Oh. Of course you did. <laughs> and Dragonforce
0: in case you didn't know Dragon Force, they are a speed metal band Ooh. and they became famous with their song Through the Fire and Flames because when Guitar Hero came out, it was like the epically difficult song on there that oh, no one okay. could play. Okay. So there you go. I'm
2: gonna fact check that.
0: Go for it. <laughs> Waste Can we your go time. back to the chainsaw in the jackal? <laughs> okay, we're approaching an hour and a half. The lumberjack. Signed up. Okay. On. Take us on with your number one. Okay,
3: number one. This is difficult. So I have, since I'm a guest, I might have to have two, but
0: can
2: have two. You have to have one. The
3: second one will be quick because it's kind of like funny. Ten, so it's fine. Uh, Blind Melon,
1: mm. oh wow. Pearl Jam,
3: Neil Young and Crazy Horse at the oh, Gorge. Oh My God, it was a week after uh, MTV Music Awards where Pearl Jam won an award and they were kind of you know jackasses about it. Sorry, uh, you're good. And uh, I was working the concert, and it was uh, right when Versus came out, their second album, and the energy was, you know, everything was like on full blast with the grunge, even though it's a cringeworthy word, it's, it's the word. Everything was going full tilt with that, and uh, after working out there for a while, I was really excited about, I mean, this is probably the, the, show, the show I wanted to see, and uh, I worked the stage crew. And then at the time, my parents were doing catering out at the Gorge, so they would do all the catering for all the stars. And so it was kind of, I would bounce back and forth trying to get any sort of interaction I could with Pearl Jam because I was a nut about it. And uh, met Eddie Vedder. What? What? Yeah, met Eddie Uh, Vedder, and uh, (laughs) he's not very tall. Um, In the backstage, and all I could say is, it was after the concert, because I had to go back to work after the concert, I met him and said, Hey, that was a great show. It's all I could say. And I kind of stood there and looked at him. He's like, thanks. And walked off. And you know how you, you just sit there and think about all the things is you wish you could say. Seven. Maybe. Um, but, it, uh, I mean, it was the only time I ever saw blind melon, which I, I think is a really kind of underrated band for sure. Melbourne. Um, and then the Pearl Jam set where they played all the new stuff that I'd never heard, uh, from versus go and animal and daughter and, mm. um, I didn't think of what else. Rats. Wow. But uh, it was... And then, and then I thought it was it couldn't get any better than Neil Young and Cra- Crazy Horse get on there and play a little Cortez the Killer. Oh, no way. Oh, no no my no,
2: no, no, God. Which, no, no. Which... That's my number one.
1: That's your flag football or a fantasy football team name. Yes. I have a cover yes. of that uh, from Built to Spill oh, that is like 15 oh. minutes long.
3: Anyway, uh, it was just such a... It was such a transformational moment for me, musically, um, and I just I I just was I was in the front of the crowd because I had a back I had a pass because I was working it, so I'd go out front, um, and I was right dead center in the middle of the crowd, and then I could walk back and kind of get water and go back out, and, and I did worked and um, the one of the best parts about it is at the end of it, Dave Aber-Z's, uh the drummer who they fired, uh, he trashed the Moon Man. Uh, that they won the MTV Music Awards. So I got the flag from the Moon Man, the MTV, like the, the silver flag. Really? And uh, set list and things. And so I got all the memorabilia from that show. And it's just, it's sitting in my, in our music room. It's one of the prized possessions. But it was, and it, all that being said, it was such a great show. Um, and I've seen them quite a few times. And I think it was, I mean, I think it was my favorite other than seeing them play with John McEnroe and, Um, This last summer was kind
1: of cool.
2: That sounds amazing.
1: So, you know, there's a lot to unpack there. But when you said transformational, I think that we can all relate to being at a concert where the music, the time, the place, the environment, and everything coalesces, and it is transformational. And that's what we love about music.
2: Oh, yeah. It's crazy. When you said Cortez the Killer, when I first heard that song like 20 years ago, it changed my life. And now, you know, he's not on Spotify. So we have to find him on other avenues. But just, ah, oh, everything is great.
0: Great bands and great beers and in, in balls, spirit, uh, sports. They're all experiential and can change you, and there's something about it. The environment, hard to know, but afterwards you look back and you're like, it doesn't seem real.
3: No. that's Yeah, that's one of the best parts about it is it it seems like you're in a different world or you're in a dream while you're at a good show.
2: Yeah. Music changes people's lives. Like when you think about now my kids, our kids... They're like, "Hey, Dad, I uh, my uh, AirPods are at zero. Can I borrow yours? Because they're wa- they're waiting for a game. Like it's all about music. Oh yeah, before a game. Swappy, what do you got? Number one,
1: 1992 Kitsap County Fairgrounds. Holy shit, Lollapalooza! We had sorry, we... I discussed. <laughs> But we did it. I was the first one to do it. We had um, Ministry, Jesus and Mary Chain, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Ice Cube, Red Hot Chili Peppers. And And Mr. Lifto. (laughs) And Mr. (laughs) Lifto, which I will not talk about on this podcast. No, sorry. But it was not only the, the lineup, but the, the timing, particularly with Pearl Jam and Soundgarden, where in 92, they were... They had they'd come upon the scene, and it was like seeing Eddie Vedder and Chris Cornell in 1992 in Bremerton, Washington is something you cannot even put words to they were at their peak and it was like the energy was ascending with 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 grunge there's that word again it was absolutely amazing
2: so the one song can you pick out one song from soundgarden and one from
1: pearl jam I'm going to pick out one from Soundgarden to encompass it all. I was I had wormed my way up to about eight people deep from the stage, and they started doing Slaves and Bulldozers. And the, it was the first time I'd ever been at a concert where I feared for my life.
3: <laughs> I felt that way during ministry at that show.
1: Oh, uh, Were you there? Yes. I think we were probably about 10 feet from each other, <laughs> both
2: scared. Even though you didn't know each other.
1: <laughs> and there there was it, you know mosh pit it is a is a cliche it, there was whirling <laughs> swarms of people where people were were slamming into each other s- slam dancing and i slam dancing i, I <laughs> there were points where i feared for my safety and then i when the red hot chili peppers closed and it finally became dark um, I was up against the rail up at the front and oh. being being just multiple bodies pressing against me. And that was at the height of their uh, popularity as well. I think that was uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, with all the energy with Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and Ice Cube, there was only one band at that time that could have closed and done justice to the entire scene and the chili peppers were incredible they were really good oh, and they that's... came
3: out dressed as light bulbs
1: they <laughs> 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 they had one body part yes. dressed as a light bulb
2: that's <laughs> the only band that I've never seen that I want to, to... Oh, that that
0: sounds amazing so out of okay. all of that your number 1 there was Reynolds slaves and, and bulldozers
2: no the concert.
0: Oh. No, no, the like Red Hot Chili Peppers was the band for you. Like that or is it just all of that is your number one? The entire day was my number one. I yeah.
1: and and the Chili Peppers, like I said, they they put the the perfect cap to the day, but I think the highlight of that day was Pearl Jam and Soundgarden because that was right at the apex of this movement back then. It was incredible. Chris Cornell, like if you ever just YouTube 92 Kitsap County Fairgrounds, and Chris Cornell was on another level.
2: So I think about like I was 94 Kitsap County Fairgrounds. It's not my number one, but it was Tool and Soundgarden. Oh, it's called Rockstalk. And it's just funny because we had no money. And Jeff Schaefer, Squib, and I slept in his car. It was raining all day. We went to a laundromat and took off all our clothes and sat in our car in underwear and dried our clothes. See, <laughs> that's, that's an experience. Right? That's kind that of a weird is, story. That's great. Oh, So my number one... Key Arena, so my sister has to be, she's amazing, Holly. She is uh, friends with a girl, a woman that works for security. So she's like, hey, get yourself in the concert and I'm going to move you down. So it's Pearl Jam. 2011, 2012, Maybe. And so we're, Josh Schaefer and I go down, it's December like 7th, it's like 20 degrees. And I'm like, hey, we're going to just go down and we're going to scalp tickets because we can get in. So we go there, we go scalp, they're like, oh, $400. I'm like, well, I guess we're going home. So we'll go, to the, we'll go somewhere and hang out, come back. Oh, now they're 200 because the show's about ready to start. We are going to leave, drive home. Lori calls me. She's like, where are you at? I'm like, let's go to the west entrance. We go there. Get, she goes, here's your tickets. Walk in. She goes, go to the restroom. She slaps on a bracelet. Walk with me. And we go in front of front row, VIP. So front the way that was, there was like a fifty foot area before the. And so we went VIP. She goes, you cannot leave here. And I sat and watched the concert twenty feet from Eddie. And that fr- that front row ticket was twenty five hundred. And we were it was free. It was the greatest show I've ever seen. That had to be the best. And we did the same thing with Kings of Leon with my wife, Kelly. Same like she walked us in, sat down. But just seeing Eddie like where we are right now, and and just Mike going off on guitar. So every song, I would change and watch a different person in the band. Cause you didn't have to worry about, you know, people pushing you. It was just people standing and we were, I was 20 feet away from Eddie.
3: They're so good life.
2: But when you see them so close, like that's why I will pay big money now to watch a band that I like, I don't want to sit at 300 level.
3: No, it's, it's a different experience, and if you, if it's just a different concert when you're ways away, or, or if you're up close enough to where you can see without having to look at a monitor. Although with all the video screens now, you can sit further back and still get a you can have a good show, but there's nothing like being up front.
0: I mean, I think you're trying to get as far away from just the experience of listening to the album when you go to the show. Like listening to the album is is different. We we you listen to it, but if you're sitting far away looking at a screen, there's a part of me that's always thinking, could I just be like closing my eyes, sitting at home and listening to this album and having a similar experience? Like, I want to be up there. I want to yeah. feel the sweat. Oh yeah. So my number one show, um, I don't have maybe as precise a memories as you guys do about some of these shows you recall, but uh, it was Nine Inch Nails. Um, at at the gorge sasquatch and i had never listened to nine inch nails before that weekend i drove over with my house of roommates my senior senior year junior i think it was junior and um, they were telling me about nine inch nails we listened to them the whole drive over we get there we're still listening to them this was like i want to say it was the closing band for one of the days i don't remember which day it was but we got our way up to the front, we're on the front row, we're on the rail, and it was just, you know, this, again, this breeze coming through, and there's There's just this majesty of bands that are propped up in the open air where there's this confluence of nature and creation that's all around it, and it's mingling together, and it's like this out-of-body experience, and Nine Inch Nails is awesome. Oh yeah. So good. What they sing? Yeah, I don't know. Like all all the stuff that I'd been listening to. At this point, I don't even remember what their song list was. Um but having not listened to them before that concert, I was <laughs> singing along to everything. <laughs> oh.
3: They're I've heard they're really good live. I have not seen them in
2: live yet i'd I'd like to go see him they just had a show in uh oregon really yeah and jeff merle schaefer went where (laughs) was it at east side of oregon like bend bend so they have a nice venue in Bend. yes maybe four or five thousand people they do right down there by the river
3: maybe
1: the Les Schwab amphitheater i believe you're right sign dog
2: because he's a big, oh, uh, Nine Snails guy, too. Jeff is. Yeah. Trent. I've never been, but I would love to. Trent Reznor. There's a lot of shows.
0: It's just a visceral experience. Like, you just feel it in your body as the show's going on. Wow.
2: Right. And just for the first time that you've ever heard
0: them. I mean, oh. Yeah. Like, I had no idea what I was getting into. And I think I had preconceived. Preconceived notions of like what Nine Inch Nails was and it wasn't, (laughs) you know. Uh, uh, Yeah, it was a it was a life changer. It was a it'll probably be the number one concert. Just that experience, the environment. Not gonna be able to top that one. Chasing the dragon.
2: Well, Sign Dog gave like five.
0: (laughs) I only gave three.
2: Well, but you talked about two before. True. There is one that when I went to Temple the Dog in San Francisco. Oh, like my God. Like that. That wasn't even in your top no, three? No, because he didn't sing very well. Oh. But just. Cornell didn't sing well? No. Hmm. But that was like, that's bucket list. Like that is. And then but you don't know what's going to happen six months later. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And our buddy
1: Josh. Johnston. He, uh, <sighs>
2: we talked about it today. He said, he goes, I screwed up. I go, yeah, you did. He, he was on the list to go. And so now he's like, I'm never going to not go to a show ever again,
0: wherever we go. Have you ever Have you ever been to a show where they were, they were filming it? They Mm -hmm. were like doing a, so like when I went to nine inch nails, they were filming it. So like (laughs) I can go on YouTube now and it's kind of like being transported back. Like, you see all the the smoke and all the things that you remember from that concert and it's alive in hd and you're just like it's not it's not the same but it uh pearl jam
3: did the home shows with that 16 18 yeah they filmed all of that mm-hmm. so you can go back and see that in hd it's it's kind of fun but
0: when you
2: think back like the early 90s shows or late 80s there's nothing no we don't they don't have that technology
0: no well, guys, we have any closing thoughts before I, I take us away? We we approached the two-hour mark, I have to say.
1: Well, you know, I think that... <laughs> no, not, way. I'm not I really think surprised. Mov- moving forward, we could we could take this topic and extend it a little bit. I think we could talk about music forever. Yeah, I mean, you talked about guitarists.
2: There could be a,
3: like uh, two hours on the best guitarists.
2: Oh.
1: And frontman.
2: Yeah. I like it. Hey, thank you. Signed on for coming.
3: Hey, thanks thanks for having me. This was a blast. I uh, I enjoyed all of the topics that we covered.
0: Thinking that there uh, might have to be a, a repeat guest at some point, because <laughs> as you can tell, while some of us think we know about music, there's at least one of us here who knows more than everybody else. Uh, I sure. don't
3: know. I
1: just enjoy it.
3: That's really it. I, I don't know how much I know about it. Wow.
1: So, Mr. Ruckdashel, where can
0: the listening audience find us So it's big time now. You can find us on YouTube like you've been finding us previously, or you can find us on any of your uh, podcast apps of choice, like Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, and others. So that wraps it up for this week, and we will see you next week. Every Sunday a new show drops, and uh, take care.
3: See you later.